This episode is brought to you by Long Island Golf Co. Trendy golf swag with the Long Island attitude. Go to longislandgolfco.com today to take part of their huge Ryder Cup sale. That's longislandgolfco.com. Welcome to 54 Live. I am your host, Dig Dees, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Jake. Jake, it's been a while, buddy. How's it going? Welcome back from you wonderful folks. It has been a while. Our boy Diggsies had to go get in touch with his inner Mick as he went back across the, the pond over to the wonderful land of Ireland. Yeah. He is, he got in touch with his soul himself and probably got a few, a few intoxication violations over there. Just a few, just a few. I got to say, I didn't get the chance to golf because it was a trip for my wife's birthday, but the courses I've seen uh, over there, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Just like the, the greenest fairways and the greenest greens I, I think i've ever seen crazy did you find yourself moved to write poetry no i didn't find myself moved to write poetry or, or write a song about the shades of green but you know it was it was definitely it was beautiful a beautiful experience so what you're saying is you didn't get drunk enough no i, I guess i did not get drunk enough. i'll forgive you this time yeah. i'll forgive you this time but you know we should start writing poetry who? Bryson DeChambeau, man, by the way, he's playing. It's it's not even that. It's poetry in motion watching that guy play. So it really is. Sunday, that dude is not even in the conversation. He's he's literally out in La La Land. He's he's out there in in you know, just a, a world of, of his own making. Yep. By himself. His Lahiri's in the lead, right? Well, Lahiri was was Starting the day back, three to three shots back. It looked like it was Sebastian Munoz's tournament to lose starting off the day. He had a three-shot lead, and that's on Lahiri, and, and nobody else is really in the same zip code, right? And Munoz just Munoz made it a tournament by failing. As he did, he, he, he failed. Mm-hmm. You know, right off the bat, you know, two bogeys to start off the day. He, he's two shots down after like the first you know, few holes and Lahiri is, is in the conversation all of a sudden. And then they kind of just coast for like an hour or two. And all of a sudden you see Leishman up there. You see Abraham answer up there. Gooch was up there in the conversation. You had, uh, Thomas Peters hanging around. It wasn't really like in, in there, but he wasn't really out of there. Dustin Johnson looked like he'd be there for a hot minute, but really couldn't get anything going. The point is, is that the guys who can't, who have a, who have proven themselves to have a, a hard time closing out tournaments, didn't close out the tournament. And what happened? One of the guys who is a fucking predator just started railing the course out. Bryson had like a seventy-five foot putt that was hit way too hard that went in. He had a chip in. He had so many of these things that just you started smelling it. With like nine holes left, you just started smelling. Wait a second, Bryson's only six shots back, and you're like, wait, 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 six shots back. Why are we even talking about this guy? Yeah, it's but crazy. It's Bryson, it, the, the past couple of months, he's easily moved into the top ten player in the world right now. And honestly, Zach Johnson's probably kicking himself in the butt that you know Bryson's not over there in Rome right now because with the form he's in. That would be anybody on the European side to go up against him. And like, you know, you could have went and just did a Brooks Bryson duo. That would have been disaster for Team Europe. Well, and even with Brooks, I mean, honestly, if you're going to pick one live player, if you picked it three months ago, Brooks Kepka is the obvious pick three months ago. Mm-hmm. But he's had Brooks a PGA Kepka, hangover. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not only that, but I mean, he's a brand new dad. Yeah. He's, he has not been playing well the past, the past couple of months. And I say that like he's not playing bad. But he's not challenging for leads. And, 
you know, he's had the drama situation with his teammate, Matty Wolf. It's, it's been a very busy year for him off the course, getting everything sorted out, getting everything back into the, in, in the flow. And being a new dad, I just don't see Brooks Kepka as being one of those classic PGA Tour dads who just wanders off into the sunset and never sees their kid for 15 years. Yeah. That's the, that's the classic PGA Tour dad. There are a couple of guys like Tony Finau who bring their family on tour and, and Spieth right now is doing that, but it's not the same when your kid is two than when your kid is 12. Yeah. When school comes into the mix and everything. Yeah. And honestly, the good thing for Brooks, he doesn't have to be that because, you know, with Liv, you know, he only needs to take, you know, 14 weeks away every year and the four majors. So, you know, he's in better position now than he would be if he was still on tour. Well, I mean, he's also got what, a hundred million more dollars than he did. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I know what you're saying. And he was on, he was on the part of my take podcast. Excuse me. And they said, they're like, oh, would you want your, your, your son to be a golfer? And Brooks is like, of course, there's a lot of money to be made out here. And it was pretty funny to hear him say that. Well, not only that, but uh, I, I think back to the tick, the, the conversation that Gary Player always has, where he says, good golf is your passport to the world. Yeah. And it is. Uh, I can tell you this right now, even in my local community, you know, I'm out in Oklahoma City. That's no, that's no, that's no secret. We all know this, guys. In the past month, I've gotten to play three pretty exclusive clubs just because of people that I know wanting to play with me at those clubs or wanting me out at those clubs. And I'm not a professional player. I'm not at that caliber. If we go and play right now, me and any of the, you know, top pro players in the Oklahoma City area, hey, they're beating me by 10 shots. Mm-hmm. However, I know that my game is at an elevated level to where people want to play with me. And that's a very cool place to be at. And Gary Player is 100% correct. Good golf is your passport to the world. Yeah, you were were what? uh, Hitting the balls on the tee uh, on the range today right next to Taylor Gooch, eh? I I actually was. We were at a Gallardia today, uh, which is... I think it's going to end up being the site for next year's live event in Oklahoma City. There's rumors about, and the rumors tend to be halfway true, that there will be an Oklahoma City live event next year. Yeah. And they came out this week, actually yesterday, with the 2024 tentative schedule. Correct. Now, many people would initially hear that and think that it's going to be at Oak Tree National. Oak Tree National is the storied club of Oklahoma City. It's held major championships before, but it hasn't really had any activity from the PGA Tour in quite a long time. However, I don't think it'll be the, that course. And the reason why, Diggs, is because today they announced the 2027 uh, Senior PGA will be there. Sorry, sorry, Senior U.S. Open will be there. And granted, that is a USGA-controlled event and not a Senior Tour-controlled event by the PGA. Mm-hmm. However, we've seen that correlation with live tends to bring ostracization from the other tour. Yeah. Now, we know we're in that ceasefire awkward period. I don't think, though, that it'll, it'll be at Oak Tree National. Oak Tree National is a tough son of a bitch. It is the meanest course in the entire state. And we have Southern Hills. Like, Southern Hills is in our state. And I'm telling you right now, Oak Tree National makes Southern Hills look like a cakewalk. That's where JT won the PGA, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. And dude, I'm telling you, Oak Tree National makes that course look like a cakewalk. So when I say this, don't, don't think that's going to be there. Yeah. The course that I think the live event will probably be at is actually the one that I was at today. I don't know if they have the infrastructure to actually support a live event, you know, as far as housing all of the amenities, accoutrements on site without pissing off the members, because it is kind of a tough thing to do with an exclusive club is, hey, we're going to bring 20,000 people into your millionaire backyards for the next week. Big tents. Yes. Big tents. Merchandise. Television towers, loud noises, concerts. It's a hard sell sometimes. And that 
actually ended up being kind of a troublesome thing that happened at Tulsa, where it was really fun. It was set up very well, but a lot of members were not very f- fond of it. You yeah. know, well, we saw that this year with the U.S. Open. That's the reason why LA Country Club never got a U.S. Open because the members didn't want it. Exactly. So uh, members, members hold a lot of sway. At the end of the day, they're the ones that are paying to keep that course going. And, you know, it is a lot of clout to have those big events at those courses. But for instance, I have a f- good friend of mine who's a member at Cherry Hills up in Denver. And Cherry Hills, if you don't know, hosted the U.S. Amateur this year. Mm-hmm. And when you have that event, it's the same thing as like having a major event. Because it, yeah. it is a major, but it's, it's a non-major major. And with that event, they had so much renovation that they had to do. And it pissed off the members because in order to make the course at the level that it needed to be for that event, we're talking don't mow the grass for a month and a half to where you, you really can't play the ball. You really can't play the course. And they also made it to where you couldn't use certain holes. You had to, you couldn't use the car. It was car path only from like four months out. And then it was walking only for the last three months. That's crazy. Because they didn't want one. They didn't want anybody in carts at all. They had to, you know, start getting grandstands set up. It was pretty bad. The members were pissed off. Yeah. So sure they were. So what the way they- I'm saying this, there's a lot of change to a course that accommodates an actual event. Yeah. So I do think that it'll be at Gallardia if there is an Oklahoma City event because Obviously, Taylor Gooch is holding a lot of sway in Live, and Gallardia is one of the two courses he plays at. Case in point, he's out there practicing today at Gallardia rather than at Oak Tree National. Just saying. Just saying. Now, one of the things that surprised me was they're going to Las Vegas, which is pretty cool. I'm sure Big big Boy Pants Golf is happy with that. But the second thing was there is no Bedminster and there's no Doral. And it makes you think, you know, Bedminster is a Donald Trump course and country club. The Rouse a Donald Trump course and country club. It makes you think like, did the PGA tour, cause we all know once Trump became president, the PGA tour pulled their event from Bedminster. The PGA was going to be there. They stopped going to Doral. It makes you think like now with the new co and with the ceasefire and the agreement between live and the PGA. You know, did the PGA say, hey, you know, like one of our conditions is don't go to those courses? Like, why would they not? Like, they, they had a great event in Bedminster. They, the championship has been at Doral. It's going to be at Doral this year. Why do you think they're going away from them? I don't know if they're actually going away with it. It could be a negotiation thing. It could be more to do with current subpoenas that are out there. Yeah. For instance, there was a judge in New York that today ruled that Trump's business licenses are now null and void. For every company in operating in New York. So that would actually, even though Bedminster's in New Jersey, it could possibly impact the the Bedminster operation. Gotcha. So this is an ongoing, yeah, this is an ongoing thing where just the the U.S. Justice Department, especially in the wokey woke areas, are just constantly trying to deride and destroy him completely because Mm -hmm. that's their mission. That's the only thing that they can do with their lives now. And that could be more of what's going on versus that. Yeah, so like it's probably like we have enough headaches to deal with. Let's, you know. Yeah. You don't want to plan an entire event somewhere and then find out that you're subpoenaed away from being able to host an event because the company that actually owns the course is now in an ipso facto government controlled state. Yeah, which is what's happening. Next year is going to be a big year for them because it's that third year. You know, their, you know, their second real full season after last year was, you know, with Testron and now, you know, being quote unquote partners with PGA Tour, there's going to be a lot of eyes on them this year. So it's, you know, I'm excited to see once this, the schedule comes out and, you know, what, what gets going because there's a lot, you know, the Ryder Cup, we got the Ryder Cup, we got the event in uh, Jeddah and Miami, but after that downtime, but. That's when the big news is going to start breaking to see what the golf world is going to look like next year. Well, that too, but also don't forget the promotion relegation event and and the international series events. There's still four international series events. Andy Ogletree is leading that entire bracket by about double the points everybody else has. And he's, it's one of those where he's most likely going to secure the automatic promotion. 
because the actual winner gets automatic promotion of that order of merit. And then the next few guys get invited to a promotion relegation tournament that also has the opportunity for PGA players to play in if they so choose to. Yeah, that would be interesting to see who decides to go over. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if any if anybody decides to go over. I don't know who will, who won't. I do expect Liv to add two more teams on, in the offseason, just because one of the main things that Liv has noticed in their tournament events is there are massive gaps in their play, where if you're on like a party hole and you're just hanging out, well, there's a lot of times where you might not see somebody for 30 minutes. Yeah. And that's not good. No. So they're trying to work this thing out. I mean, it's a it's a work in progress. So, and there's plenty of opportunities to still poach big names with things like Ryder Cup snubs. Yeah. Every year, every year is going to be a, you know, every year it's going to get better and better. Well, here's my big question to you then is at what point do we start seeing opportunities for actual purchase of franchises where we see like purchase of expansion? I don't think we see any of that until this agreement is solidified and uh, well i wasn't meaning in like the next year or yeah. so i'm talking about five ten years later uh, where it's kind of like with mls mlb nfl mm-hmm. where hey we're gonna put up for sale the opportunity to buy an expansion franchise who wants to to throw down a billion a billion dollars yeah it's crazy to see that the the tiger and rory thing that they got starting up in january what is it called the in the indoor golf the top golf league yes the top golf league tgl they, that they, is so lame they, i'm sorry they've had people buy franchises already yeah they have and yeah. it, to me it makes no sense and just sounds really stupid i'm sorry the, uh, if, if you're, if you're gonna Atlanta, have the Atlanta guy for the falcons yeah. and the Atlanta mls team he bought a franchise and it's going to yeah and then serena williams bought a franchise from la yep yeah to me geolocation franchise tagging to me in a game that is not geolocation centric is asinine Mm -hmm. it was it kind of reminded me of overwatch the game overwatch they created the overwatch league officially which was very revolutionary in its approach to video game professional play right but they did all this, they geolocation promoted the teams to where you actually had like a Dallas team, a San Francisco team, a yada yada, you know. Mm. But it's in a video game atmosphere to where there is actually nothing about the home team situation that's relevant to any conversation. They're not playing, they're not traveling the team to San Francisco to play the San Francisco team. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So there's like, why are we even doing a geolocation tag? There's nothing about the game itself that makes geolocation relevant yeah so i don't understand that i think that's i i, I think it'll be successful because it's tiger woods and if tiger woods if tiger woods decided to slap his face on a on a box of 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 diapers tomorrow it would it would sell a billion dollars worth you know yeah. not really and it's also going to be like a monday night league you know and it's it's when football season will be over pretty much and I think I'll watch. I'll, I'm going to tune in. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not going to watch. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to at least tune in for the first time just to see what, you know, what the vibe is, mm-hmm. which is sad because I'm probably going to judge it on a first time viewing, much like I'm sure many of the pundits out there that took a negative live stance watched the very first event, which again is a pre-David Faraday event. Yeah. And then judged it off of that. And that's probably not fair of me to do that, but... Is it? I mean, I don't know, dude. I'm not a fan. I just don't like the vibe of it so far. It's like top golf. Like, okay, cool. Like, what are we doing? It's not even top golf. It's it's video golf. It's literally just playing trackman golf. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But back to live after this week, the crushers, man, they have completely, they're just rushing up the leaderboard. In the past three events, they have a second place, a second place. In a first place, going back, they had a seventh in London. Then they had a third in a third, a fourth, a fourth, a third. Like they're, they're just, they're 10 points behind the aces. And honestly, with one, two, three, four, five, six top three finishes and what? 12 events, half of the events, they're coming in top three. I think they, I, I think that they might give. You know, they are giving the aces a run for their money, but 
I think uh, the way Bryson's playing, I think it's going to be the Crushers' year this year. It depends. I mean, there's one more event before we actually go into the seeding. Yeah. Crushers will definitely get that opportunity to have the bye in the first round. That's pretty much all but decided. The Aces have been limping quite a bit this season. They're still showcasing that they can be in control and be in the conversation week in, week out. Patrick Weed has one bad round every single week, it seems, that keeps him away from actually winning. However, we see this. The team is consistent. And I think that's part of what the comp, what, what, what really matters when it comes to this season is how consistent is your team? How stable is the environment of your team? Mm-hmm. We, we have, I think, seven teams that are very stable, very well rounded out. And then you have a couple of teams that just are, you can tell there's, it's still a mercenary situation. And Ripper GC is one of the big ones to me. It's obvious because it's, it's Leishman when he shows up. And Cam Smith. And if Cam Smith and Leishman don't both show up, it's a bad week for that team. Cam Smith's 40th this week. So he's, you know. Exactly. Leishman was up there at the, t- the very top, but Cam was nowhere on the, on tele. They were doing their best to hide him. Like, they, Bryson, like if Bryson's only 24 points behind Cam. And, yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and honestly, I, it was very good for the league that Cam had a bad week because if Cam had a halfway decent finish, there's no more. It's over. Yeah. yeah, it's it'd be over. It's like, hey, Cam, you and it's still pretty. It's still pretty hard for anyone to catch Cam because of how the points and live work. Gooch is only eight back now. Gooch is only eight back, but if, uh, again, Cam Smith, if he has, you know, higher than a top five. Th- th- sorry, if he has a top ten finish, yeah, it's gonna be okay. very difficult yeah. with the way the, with the way the point system works and live. Mm-hmm. It'd be very difficult for anyone to overcome him without winning. But if he goes out there and posts another like 30th or, or 40th. Yeah, it, but it's one of those where if there's three guys left who can mathematically win it, it's mm-hmm. Cam Smith, Bryson DeChambeau, Taylor Gooch. It's pretty much going to take a win from DeChambeau or Gooch to win it. Yeah. And it's and Cam Smith, it's pretty much just if you secure points, you win. Yeah, go out and get a top 10. You got it. Yeah, or heck, you probably get a top 24 and get it. Yeah. But yeah, that will be Jed, and then it's coming up in what, two weeks, three weeks? Looks like it, yeah. October and 13, yep. And the big question with that event to me is, you know, how healthy is everyone going to be, you know, going in there? Yeah. Where's everyone's mindset going to be going in there? How bad will the winds be this year? Because the winds were really rough last year in Jeddah. Yeah, I remember that. Because they're, fi- they're 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 playing off of the Red Sea now. If they're playing the same course, which I'm pretty sure they are, they're playing the Royal Greens Golf and Country Club. Yep. Yeah, that's the same course. That is going to be a big factor because there's a lot of these holes where you know they're they're getting ocean winds off of them, and it'll be it'll be fun. I am very excited to see the end of the season happen, at least with the individuals, because we'll finally be able to see Siwon Kim go goodbye. Uh, I'm sure you sent some of some my video recently or my conversation post about one of the main contributing factors of why this guy can't compete on Live Golf. Did you see that? No, I did not. I missed it. They, so Live Golf finally started posting statistics of players. So there's certain statistics they track and they talk about, oh, fairways hit, greens made, birdies, eagles, yada, yada. One of the ones they track is driving distance. Uh, over the course of the season, Siwon Kim's driving distance average. I bet you can guess where he's at. He's obviously last, right? Dead effing last. What is his yards per drive? His yards per drive is 278.3. Jeez. And guess where the number, number 30, number 30, number 30 is at 298. Jeez. And understand this. He's in dead last at 48th on this, right? Number 47. is like how 285. 282. Yeah. And then number 46 is 290. So understand, the 46th player on Live Golf as far as driving distance goes, 12. has a 12-yard advantage. That's, that's, a, full, full that's a full club. Yep. That's a full club advantage off the tee into the green. Now, where do you think the average player? This is the this is where we get to the main course of the field. From player 28 and up, the players are averaging 300 plus. Okay. And ultimately the players that are below that, most of them are at 298, 299, 295. 
So he's averaging to the field. Two clubs. Two clubs. And that's why he can't compete. Yeah, that's insane. So instead of hitting like a 70, 75, which is, you know, much harder to control. And even like these guys have a pitching wedge, he's going in with an eight. You know, it's insane. Exactly. So look, I don't care how good you are. The closer you are to the pin, the closer you are to the pin. Unless you're like a savant like Corey Davin or Bernard Langer, you know? Right. But even those guys, they understand the simple rule of there are benefits to being closer to the pin. Yeah. This could be negligible if Siwon Kim was one of the top players in fairway hits. Heinrich Stenson intentionally hits three-wood a lot, and because of that, he's not one of the top guys in driving distance, but he's, he's, in, he's in the conversation, and he hits 75% fairways. Yeah. So where's Siwon Kim on fairway percentage? He's at 42nd with 53% fairways. I was going to say somewhere in the 30s, I was giving him the benefit yeah. of the doubt. So, so not only is he absolute dog shit off the tee box as far as distance, and I mean, hey, look, 278 is wonderful for an average player to just say, hey, sign me up at that number, we'll, we'll, we'll make it work, right? For an average person at the house, mm-hmm. at his muni course. But for a professional athlete, golfer at the top tier at the top tier pro level this is not senior tour this is not you know asian tour this is not one of the minor tours this is live golf which is at a rivaling strength level to the pga tour so we're talking top tier golf if you're giving every single person in the field two clubs and you're not hitting fairways you have zero chance I'd, I'd sign up to 278 average right now, but again, I'm a 15 handicap. I'm not trying to play with, you know, top 48 players in the world, you know? Exactly. And you're not, but that's the thing. He's, he's at a situation where he is giving every single player in the field two clubs yeah, on him and not hitting the fairway. You know what I can't wait for next year? I can't wait for us to do a podcast and I have to spend five minutes on, on C1 Kim every week, you know? It's the truth, though, but but that's 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 what I'm happy about because he he is an anomaly in and of himself that 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 the league has allowed him to do what he's done for as long as he has. Insane, man. I mean, the guy's made like four million dollars on the backs of live despite being horrendous and completely out of his element. He should just go retire, you know? Yeah, he's got four million dollars. Like, that's not something to sneeze at. You invest that the right way. He could go live the rest of his life and not have to be ridiculed and have to worry about hitting a golf shot again. Just go beat up on guys at, you know, country clubs. Yeah. I mean, he can make a pretty good living doing that. Yeah, definitely. But it's just sad to see that a guy who has had this many opportunities just not do it. Yeah. It, it's other things that are going to be sad. We're going to have to see, you know, players like Kepka, Chase Kepka, Piot, and Morgan. It's pretty much all but done that those guys are going to lose their spots. Yeah. There is a chance, but that chance is slim and none. Well, it's not sad, though, because we're going to get, you know, fresh faces. Fresh faces and and better guys, especially with the ceasefire, you know? Like, we're going to get, there's going to be a few people that are going to join them and surprise people. I hope so. The big question that I have with this is, obviously, teams like Ripper GC are an identity politics team, mm. right? It's it's the Australian team. Jed Morgan is an Australian who is most likely going to lose his spot on live. He has to really pull one out of his butthole to, to make this happen. But he's most likely going to lose his spot on live. Yeah. So what happens to that team? Are, are they still going to be the Australian team and just pick up some rando? Or is there going to be an Australian that actually get signed on and rises to the occasion it's it's nice to see like the the country teams stay together but you know what like it's not the olympics man like it's live golf like go out there cam smith like instead of trying to you know shoot one another aussie in there to, to to make it fit go get a stud to make it competitive so you can go out and win the thing like like i said we're not playing the olympics you know we're not playing the Ryder cup or the president's cup it's it's live golf. Like you want to put out a team that can compete. Like it's all cool to get, you know, four guys from the same country in, in one squad, but enough, you know, go out there. Like you really want to see Cam Smith, the top five player in the world, 
you know, have his, his teammates play like crap every week because he's trying to put on an all Aussie team. Like he deserves a number two or not, or a number three, like a stud on that team to help him out. I think he should go get a stud. That, that's my opinion. I, I understand that completely because unless someone like Adam Scott or Jason Day wants to come over, then you, th- you, you know, you keep the Aussie team together, but. Right. You're saying that don't sacrifice quality of a teammate to appease identity of a team. Exactly. And, and I understand that because his team specifically has been held back out of the, out of the, the true identity politic teams. Mm-hmm. And you can't call Ironheads and Cliques identity teams because they have no identity. No. The captains of those teams, if I'm correct, don't, don't even actually own equity of the teams. Do um, they even play, you know? <laughs> no, no, the captains of those teams, I, I do play, but no, I they, know, but I'm saying like Keimer like barely played this year. Oh, yeah, that's true. That, that, that's also a, another conversation. Yeah. I really hope that the cliques and Ironheads just get completely redone and revamped. Like I wouldn't be opposed to the, the Cam, Cam Smith going out and getting Minwoo Lee. He'd be 10 Dude, times better. What about Ryan Fox? I know he's, I know he's a New Zealander, but that would be still be, you know, that part of that thing. But yes. yeah. Is Minwoo Lee from New Zealand too? No, he's Australian. Yeah. So here's a big question mark. I thought Ryan Fox is Australian. He's a New Zealand. It's a very similar flag. Oh, ah, okay. I know. It's a very similar flag. So yeah. if you're not really paying close attention, you can't tell. And it's funny how this works out where you have Stinger GC, their, their identity works. Majestics, they're going to have to get broken up in like a year or so max. Yeah. Because Westy is just... I keep thinking that he's going to like snap out of it because he was playing so good last season. And then he came back this year and has just not been here at all. Like it was great for Lib to go out and get these big names, these stars of the past to really get their name out there, get their brand out there. But you know what? Now it's time. Like the ceasefire happened. You're going to have some sort of partnership with the PGA Tour. You want to make it that you are, you know, like the premier league, the, the, the top stage go out and get the best players enough is enough you know like i understand they had to grab who they could grab last year you know when they had to find 48 guys and they wanted star power and star names but you know what just tell these guys listen you played for two years you got a shit ton of money you got millions and millions of dollars you know it's time to move on if you want to you know position you know in the board or you know, be an executive for live or ambassador. Sure. He, he has a million a year to do that, but it's time that we get young talent and make these events more competitive. I think that's fair for certain players. Graham McDowell, mainly the ones that I'm targeting are, Car- are Keimer and Westwood. Yeah. Westwood and Keimer, Keimer 100% needs to get replaced in this off season. He How just is not did he play like, Seven, I think, and when he does does play, it's questionable. Yeah, the quality it's it's C one Kim level. Yeah. My bigger question with this though is Matty Wolf. I think he I think he does stay on Live Golf next year's because the bridges are so burned with the PGA Tour. I don't see him getting an opportunity to go back, mm-hmm. and I don't think he would want to. And. I don't think he stays in Smash. I think okay. that he'll. I think that he ends up going to the Range Goats in the offseason. He seemed to have a better feel and a vibe when he was playing with Harold Varner. Granted, I think I think Harold Varner could play could play around a golf with the president of the KKK, <laughs> and and ha- and that guy would be having fun playing with Harold Varner, right? You see, Harold Varner. Yeah. Harold Varner is just that cool of a guy. Yeah, to where you could be a complete horrible racist. And still enjoy playing with Harold Varner III. So I don't know if I can read too much into that directly, but it seemed like Matty Wolf had some type of spark back in the rounds that he was playing with with Harold Varner this season. So I think Range Goats move Thomas Peters over to the Cliques. We see Matty Wolf get picked up by the Range Goats. And then Smash GC just goes free agent shopping. Yeah. And that could be what happens in the offseason. I kind of hope that it does because I think that Matty Wolf would vibe better with that laissez-faire, have fun, be crazy, 
Bubba Watson, Gooch, and HV3 vibe. And especially with the relegation too, like what? Only the top 24 get top 24 and captains are guaranteed spots, right? Guaranteed so, spots. Yeah. So it's one of those that, hey, if, if we like you, we'll, we'll offer you a contract. Yeah. And, you know, there's certain players that I think could be down because the way the point systems work, you can have a player who's had a pretty big impact for the season still be down in like the 30s or 40s. And that's really kind of how the weird way that how the points work. For instance, Charles Swartzel is down there at number 40, but he's had some really great rounds and some really co- great weeks and some very important key rounds that have helped the Stinger GC team stay in the conversation. And he was the inaugural champion. Yes. So I'm just using him as an example, as somebody who, even though he's down that far in the points, yeah, he's not an irrelevant or a player that I think is easily thrown away. Yeah, or like the young guys like Peters, Chikara, you know, like we, they're the young guys that are in the 30s right now that they, they want them to stay around, you know? You'd want them to right stay. Right now, I Abraham think. Answer is 26. You're telling me you don't want Abraham Answer to come back? You know, like exactly. This yep. team will keep him up. Exactly. There's a lot of players that are outside the outside the guarantee zone. The the guarantee zone. Blandy, Blandy, top 20. Like that guy just you can't kill him. If you. <laughs> but the the idea behind the 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 unsafe zone is not so much like, hey, we're going to sack you. It's more of just a measure yeah. to help get rid of C1 Kim. <laughs> if C1 Kim finds a way to make it happen, you know? Yeah. Yep. But if your team still wants you, like, they'll leave it up to the captains. If, if a captain says, I want to run back all four guys, you know, like the aces, like the aces aren't going to want to split up their guys, you know? Right. And Paul Casey, for instance, is somebody who missed a couple of events. You know, they're not going to want to get rid of him on the crushers. The no. crushers are in the, in the spot right now. They have, they have the guys that they need to have for the next three years. Pat Perez is 27. You know, you know, DJ and, and, and Reed, they're going to, they're just going to be like, you know, let's keep him around. Well, especially when he's had three top tens. Yep. So the, it's, it's one of those crazy things where the, the, the safe zone is, Obviously, it's the top half players of the, of the league, but there are many players who have had key performances that are outside of the safe zone. Danny Lee, for instance, who won it, won the event in Tucson this season. Mm-hmm. Granted, he has looked horrendous in the past like seven or eight events. But again, he's a winner yeah. on tour this season. Uh, you know, I think he's safe. Uh, Scott Vincent is somebody who had a top 10. His brother is more than likely going to be at least, uh, his, brother, his brother's already played in an event, Kieran. He's already on site every single week as a reserve player. Mm-hmm. And he more than likely is going to have an opportunity to win promotion in the promotion relegation event as he won one of the international series events. So there are guys that are outside that top 24 that are mo- like, if, if you're the, the the only guys I'm really looking at not coming back are douchebags or the bottom four. Yeah. And I say douchebags like, like douchebags. Like Matty Wolf. Like Matty Wolf for his team currently. Yeah. And then that's, but he's still plenty good and showing the opportunities to where he's, you know, he's going to be around next year. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get to the Ryder Cup. This episode is brought to you by Long Island Golf Cup. Trendy golf swag with the Long Island attitude. Go to longislandgolfco.com today to take part of their huge Ryder Cup sale. That's longislandgolfco.com. <laughs> we, we have been talking about this for quite a long yeah, time. Yeah, let's get to the Ryder Cup. Digsy's favorite event. I'm pumped. The first thing I want to talk about, okay, Wyndham Clock a few weeks ago. He said, I think I'm better than Rory McIlroy. I beat him at the U.S. Open. I'd love to get him at singles at the Ryder Cup. Something of that. Maybe I've made up the singles part, but something like that. Was that a mistake? Is Rory going to come out? Now, Rory, he doesn't have a great Ryder Cup record. He's at exactly 500. I think he's 12-12 and X amount of ties. Is Rory going to get fired up and come out and really, you know, because remember last time we saw Rory at a Ryder Cup, he was crying. Yeah. At, I at the end of whistling straights. So first off, Zach Johnson has made some bad choices 
he did not make the bad choices that Luke Donald made. Okay. Luke Donald has made worse choices, I feel, overall. And I think it'll show in pairings. I think Wyndham Clark making that comment was the right thing to do for Wyndham Clark. Mm -hmm. Simply because it's kind of up in the air. The American team, the, the European team, it's very obvious who your one, two, three, four, five, and six player are. Mm -hmm. It's it's obvious. You can smell it from 20 yards away because there's so many guys on that team who really shouldn't even be there. Yeah. You got Rory, Hovland, Rom, Fleetwood Hatton. And then the fifth guy, I guess, Rose, you know, maybe right. it's Patrick Aber. But, but, in, but in direct, but in direct power order. Yeah. It's, it, to me, to me, the European team is very obvious. Your one, two, and three goes Rom, Rory, Hovland. And then your fourth is Fleetwood. Yes. And then your fifth is Fitzpatrick. That's your five. That's your top five. Mm -hmm. And it's very obvious. Those are those. That's your one through five. I know. That, I know the point system is a little weird. But Even that's your number. Fitzpatrick has. You know, I'm saying like a Ryder Cup. Fitzpatrick never won a point. Right. But that's who your individual players are as far as talent, form, yada yada. Yes. That's that, that's your top five. And it's very obvious because the European team pooped the bed on the captain's picks. So. When it comes to it, I think Wyndham Clark was making the right call to kind of do that because he's kind of putting himself in a situation where it's like, hey, I know that you guys don't think shit about me out there in the U.S. media, mm -hmm. but I am that guy. Yeah. And I think it's good because if if you get Wyndham Clark versus Rory, that's a, that's a matchup that even if they lose, congratulations, you've taken Rory away from one of the other big dogs. Yep. And the disparity between number one and number 10 on the U.S. team is very small versus the disparity between number one and number yeah, 10 on the European team. You got eight guys on the European team, and then uh, the bottom four is the bottom four. And honestly, looking at this team, if Luke Donald, I'm riding, right, three teams, three pairings, all four of the first four matches and I'm having to play five ma five matches the entire. I'm having Rory, Fleetwood, Hovland, Hatton, Rom, and then if you want to throw in Rose for veteran leadership or Patrick for his form or Aberg because Aberg's been killing it. You know, like I'm like enough of putting Rory with, you know, like over the years Rory's always been like. You know, he takes the rookie under his wing. You know, we, we saw it in 2016 with Thomas Peters. Now, granted, they were unstoppable that week, but you know, it's always like, give Rory a stud, you know, like look what, what happened when he played with Sergio. Like he, yeah. well, well, give Rory somebody who can hit a wedge. Yeah. Give Rory, like, honestly, I would put Rory out there with Fleetwood. And that's, who, that's who I would pick. It's either Fleetwood or Rose. Yeah. And you don't have Molinar. Molinar is not playing anymore. So it's yeah. not like you're taking Fleetwood away from that pair that went five and oh in paris you know so i would put rory with fleetwood i would put hovland with, with rom honestly like why not you know like just because you know if you if you have rory and fleetwood and hovland and rom is a very That's two points yes or one and a half you know like it's a very good shot and then you just it's up in the air for the, the the rest of the matches you know and your third match could still your third pairing you still have you know Hatton, Rose, or Fitz, three, two of those three, you know? Right. But if, if you want to split up Hovland and Rom and give, you know, Rom and Hatton, if they play together, that's good. Like NBC needs to turn off the mics for that match. No, no, because, what they need to do is, is put pay per view on that shit. Because <laughs> that, that's going to be, especially in a Ryder Cup event, if they start playing bad, those two guys, they could end up screaming at each other. Dude, they could, I would love to see a, a, a Hovland Hatton fist fight. Like pay per view style, like just th these two are going at it. Your base is shut. You can't, <laughs> you can't hit a goddamn wedge. Why are you in the rough again? I know you hit it 370, but for sake, you bloody shizer, could you plop, stop? Do you just hit the fairway? Fight. You know, just whatever. Let's just get that whole entire, you know, sound bite going, you know? That'd be great. Um, here's the big thing though. If I'm, if I'm Zach Johnson, there, there, the, he has a weapon on his team. Th that will derail Hovland. It will derail Rom. Mm -hmm. Of course, it will derail his own team also. 
And that's the the combination of Cantlay and Shoffley, the slowest players on Jesus's earth. Yeah, but they are a dynamic duo in the right. They are. Hey, hey, when you're, when you're making the other team, you know, read a book on every tee box. Yeah. Honestly, you, you know, the, the U.S., the pairings are like, you know what they're going to be. You, you know, just smell it. You just yeah. smell it from a wild mile You don't mile even away. need to smell it. Like, it's just, you know, Spieth and Thomas. Mm-hmm. You got that. And then you could, you know, trade in Ricky in that group if they need be. You got Cantley and Xander. You know, Chef was playing with Burns. Burns was brought on the team so he could be Sheffler's partner. And then you're left. Oh, you got Homa and Morikawa. I'm going to play together. And then you're left with Brooks, Wyndham, Ricky, and Harmon. And honestly, Brooks and Wyndham make a good pair. And, you know, throw out Ricky with Harmon you know, or, or just rotate those guys. But if I'm, if I'm Zach Johnson, because you're starting, um, Luke Donald announced that he's starting with foursomes. Now that's going against the grain because normally European on European soil, they start with four ball and end with foursomes because we know the Europeans are 10 times better at foursomes than the U.S. team is. Now, U.S. is good at four ball. They, they like to play that ball. They go out. They get birdies, you know, drive it. You know, like one guy hits it in the fairway, the next guy could go for the green. You know what I mean? Whereas, yeah. Well, we're used to, we're used to scramble format. Exactly. Ultimate shell. Exactly. And, and I didn't know this, but Paul McGinnon said it in the broadcast today live from that. Over in the, you know, country clubs and clubs in, in Europe, they do play alternate shot a lot with, with, you know, if you have a group of four, you'll go two against two and they play alternate shot, which would never happen here in the States. Everybody knows. No, we, ne- we never do that. We yeah. might do, we might, well, we do a lot of low ball and we do a lot of scramble and shamble. Yeah. But so, we do zero alternate shot. So that being said, going out first thing Friday morning, Cantley and Xander are going to be together. Spieth and Thomas are going to be together. Scheffler and Burns are going to be playing because you're not going to put the number one player in the world on, on the bench. And then probably, you know, I would say Homa and Morikawa, which is crazy that Brooks is going to sit, you know, in the morning. But honestly, Brooks and Wyndham, they, they do seem like a better football pairing. Well, I also, I also, with Kepka, it's kind of a question mark of who do you play with him? Yeah. And there's, there's, there are, there are the set in stone teams that you just, you know, what, where, where it's coming from. Yeah. But outside of that, there are a lot of up in the air. I'm very happy that Justin Thomas looked a lot better at the four net, by the way. Yeah. He, he had a lot of top, top 13. Yeah. He, yeah, he finished like fourth of the fourth, I think, or something. Uh, like that. The top 13 was the top 13. Though. Yeah. But it, that the was point the, is he was, yeah. he was, he was on the leaderboard going into the last day, had good driving distance. It was one of those moves where I was nervous for him to even play that event because he had looked like cat shit the whole entire summer. Yeah. And if he had just gone out there and looked mediocre again, the the conversation would have been endless. And it still is endless. We all know he has no business on this team this year based off of his form. Yeah. And honestly, I, I hated it at first, but now that it's Roddick Cup weekend, you see him out there and you see the old videos from 2016 and stuff like you kind of get it, you know, like you understand it. And, you know, Spieth wanted him. And honestly, it's, we've seen it time and time again. How many times has Ian Poulter done shit for two years? And then Ryder Cup week, he turns into the postman, a Ryder Cup mm-hmm. assassin. How many times has Sergio not been able to putt and shows up Ryder Cup week and make everything underneath the sun? So there's something about this event that it just fires a guy up and they just blank and they just go back to deal and they just play great and honestly i think jt could be that like, like i said i tweeted it i was talking so much shit i wanted keegan bradley on this team you know i wanted keegan bradley very bad because of his fiery attitude and i think he deserved it and honestly i don't think keegan will get another shot at this i was upset that jt got picked but now looking at it and and really now that it's right a cup week and you're in the moment and you're in that team aspect and you look at the 12 guys, like you kind of want to have JT in your corner. That's how I feel at this moment. I, I understand why he's there. I don't like the pick. I, there's about seven different guys that I think should have been there instead of him. And seven. Seven. Yeah. Really? I mean, I'm just, I'm just naming, but you know, you got to include the live guys that were on form too. Right, so Bryson Gooch, Bryson Gooch, Dustin Johnson. 
Because Dustin Johnson, even though he's had some weird weeks this this year, he still played a lot better this year than, than Justin Thomas did. Yeah, I think uh, the only two other guys from Liv that you could really make a case for would be Gooch and DeChambeau. So you wouldn't even include Patrick Reed in that conversation? No, he hasn't won. I mean, he hasn't won, but he's been around. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, and, and again, if we're looking at Justin Thomas as the standard of somebody who know, deserves to be there. Justin Thomas plays on the PGA Tour, you know, like... If you're taking, if you're going to go across the tour and take a live guy, like they need to do something like Brooks did, like win a major or okay. win well, three I, times I, I am, or win two times. You know what I mean? I understand what you're saying, but like top again, five, top 10 isn't going to get the jump done. But even in Justin Thomas's own situation, you just look at him as his play. He didn't even qualify for the playoffs. That's how no, bad he played this year. But he was what? 13th in the, in the points. So he was. Just one out, you know. Yeah, only because they include last year, which yeah. is so which is so dumb. The PGA from last year. Yeah, but so back to the point though. So mm-hmm. we got the two guys. I, I say the three guys from Live. You say okay. two. I say three. You have Keegan Bradley, Cameron Young, Glover. You have Lucas Glover. You have. I mean, that's six right there. Yeah, and we're not even getting into. The question mark players like Finau. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not even getting into the into the guys who were the young studs because they 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 didn't pick any any young up and comers. They just went with veterans. Yeah. Versus where you look over at Europe and Luke Donald just pooped the bed and just you know. You really think he pooped the bed? Oh, he pooped the bed, dude. He pooped the bed. Really? When, when you're leaving Moronk out, you, you pooped the bed. I think Aberg was a great pick. The guy's been playing. Great. The guy's on form, but yeah. you got to remember, like we're talking about at point of announcement. This is a guy who hasn't even played a major. Yeah. You're telling me that a guy, uh, a guy who hasn't even played in a major, is 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 one of the top ten, twelve players for your your continent? Daniel Rafferport, the guy that works for Barstool now. Okay. golf reporter he has aberg as his eighth best player at the Ryder cup not even on team europe the eighth best player at the Ryder cup okay i don't trust that guy because he also it, it just just trust me i don't trust that guy okay he's about as useful as a dead raccoon mm-hmm. i don't know i think aberg's gonna have a big i think aberg's gonna be the surprising guy for the European side. I also think Matthew Fitzpatrick's going to have a good week too, because I think that, you know, he's what, 0 and 4, 0 and 5. He's better than that. And especially he's a different golfer than he was, you know, back in 2016, back in 2018. You know, he's a totally different golfer. I think that, that they need to hide McIntyre. I think Sepp Straka will have a good week. It's always like some no name, like Sepp Straka reminds me of like the Jamie Donaldson type. When he clinched the final point in 2018, a guy yeah. who we should know about, but we just don't because we're idiots, exactly. and we just don't, and, and because he doesn't get enough face time. Because exactly. Yeah. So that's he, one of the things, and, and he comes up clutch when it matters. You know, like well, look at all the people who came up clutch for for Europe. You know, like yet Paul McGinley making the, the winning pod, Martin Kimer made a winning pod, Jamie Donaldson made a winning shot. Like it's always, it's never the big name guys. You know, it's always the guys that fly under the radar that just have ice in their veins. You know. Right. And there are a lot of guys that are like that. Yeah. So when it's all said and done, we have the teams we have, the teams we have. Yeah. I think they, I think, I think this is a very good chance for the U.S. to just go out there and, and drop 19 points. Seriously? I think I'm saying talent wise, obviously the advantage is the, is Europe because of where they're at. But I think this is a, a Ryder Cup that the U.S. can definitely. They have the advantage as far as quality of players. The overall quality of team is much higher on the, on the U.S. side than the European side. Yeah, it is. But there's also, you know, you haven't won on foreign soil in 30 years. Like, that's big expectations. And what about in Paris in 2018? The math and the paper and the, on, on, the, on paper, it said Team USA is 10 times better than Europe. And what did Europe do? They came out and kicked our ass. Hey. When you're playing it, when you're playing somewhere you don't know, you, you, you're playing somewhere you don't know. Yeah. Well, no, that but, they also, and the mistake that Europe made, the rough and the first cut was like very high, very gnarly. They played a practice round two weeks ago and players on team Europe were complaining about it as well as USA. 
So they decided to cut it and they cut the first rough first cut down. They cut down some of the high stuff, which I don't know if that was a good idea for Luke Donald, because as we know, we saw it in Le Golf National in Paris. Europe makes the course tight, you know, short and tight. Europe hits the ball straighter than Americans. You know, the Americans, we bomb it down, get it close to the hole and, and yet, and, you know, hack it out. The Europeans are more precise. So I don't know. I think the course might favor Team USA now. I think you're right in that. And that's again, another reason why I'm looking over this and ultimately the, the American team is much more talented. Yeah. That's no overall, doubt about it on paper. Overall, yeah. On paper, this is going to be a, a trailer, a, a trailer rake. Now, it's right, be- let's, let's do predictions to, to wrap up today, tonight. Mm-hmm. You go first. Bold, bold prediction. European, Team Europeans, victory happens on the back of Victor Hopland. Oh, you just said that U.S. could win, put up a no, no, team. No, I'm saying that for Europe, Team Europe to win. Gotcha. They have to ride Vic. It's going to, it's going to come down to Victor Hopland. Okay. And if, team, and if Team USA is going to win, who do they have to ride? Cantley and Shoffley. Okay. Like, Cantley and Shoffley have to go perfect 5-0. and Really? Yeah. Do you think Shuffler's putter shows up this week? No. You think Shuffler has a bad week? I think Scheffler has a similar week to what he did at the President's Cup. You know who I think has a surprisingly good week for the U.S. squad? Brian Harmon. Brian, Brian Harmon. Okay. Well, yeah, you... Hey, hey, he did great in the in the in the British. Yeah. He hits it straight, you know, like he could be a hits it straight, make putts. You know, no one's really talking about him. You know, Wyndham took all the the wind out of the rookie scale the, the rookies, you know, sales. The only other rookie is Harmon. I don't know. I, I and and Burns is a rookie too, right? But no one's really talking about Burns. I, I don't really consider him a rookie because he played President's Cup. Yeah, I know. I know Ryder Cup is different. Even Hom, Max, y- y- your buddy Max Hom is even a rookie because he played. He only played President's Cup. Yeah, but again, I I, I don't consider them a rookie if they play President's Cup. Yeah, because it's the same thing. It's just yeah. that you're playing a better team. All right, so <laughs> we hate to. St- I'm sorry. I'm sorry, team team international. You guys, you know what I'm talking they about. Don't count. They don't count. Let's be real. Yeah. All right. Who's going to win and what's the score? I think U.S. wins 16 to 13. 16 to 13? Is that, is that, is that a possible score? I don't have the possible scores no, in my head, but not, that's, that's 29 he, points. Sorry. You know how I'm saying? Like, it, yeah. it, I don't know the actual, it's like 28, like 28 max, 28 max. So, so 16 to 12, 16, 12. Yeah. Okay. I don't think my prediction is, I don't think, I think it's going to be very close. Like we're not going to get another 199. We're not going to get another, you know, eighteen ten. I think that the winner will win by at max two, you know, so like, you know, 15 and a half, 13 and a half type of, no, that's not right. 15 and a half, 12 and a half, or, you See, know. See, it's really, it's really yeah. easy to do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is easy to do. 14 and a half, 13 and a half, something like that. You know, it's going to be nice and tight, but I'm going out on a ledge here because this hasn't happened in a while. And I think that these teams are so close and I think that the pressure We'll get the team USA. So I think USA will retain the cup, but it will be a 14-14 tie. That's my prediction. I, I could see that. I I really do think that this is Team USA's event to to lose. It is, I think, yeah. I think I think this is an event. I really do think this is an event where Team USA can can build kind of a, a, pre, a president's cup lead. Where it's, hey, we're going into Sunday. As long as half of you guys are holding your nutsack today, we win. Yeah. Hey, hey, Scheffler, pull your pants up. Okay. You, you can't go out there in assless chaps. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, one of those things. Cause President's Cup against that team, it, it was, it was, it was embarrassingly easy. Cause the President's Cup, as you guys remember last year, you know, they were playing a gutted international team because the top four or five guys for the international squad, we're all banned from, from it because of live. Yeah. I think it's going to be tight going into Sunday. I think we're going to see like, like a nine, seven going into Sunday or like an eight and a half, six and a half, like a two point only the team is only leading by two or one point heading into Sunday. And I think Sunday is just going to be like such an even match. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah. yeah, we haven't seen a tie in forever. And I, I think, I don't know. 
I'm going out on a limb. It's easy to say, you know, well, I guess it's not easy to say to be a tie, but I think if USA does win, they'll win 14 and a half, 13 and a half. They'll win by one point. Yeah, I think Sunday will be pretty, pretty dead even. I think whoever gets the lead during the, the pairing matches is the one that really puts it in, 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 in perspective, you know? Yeah. And I, I so, think it's going to play out the way we think it's going to play. You know, Europe's going to win foursomes. US is going to win four balls. And then it's going to come down to Sunday, like all the Ryder Cups do. Yeah. The big, the big thing is, is do you think I'm right where it's the European team is going to have to see a big performance out of Hovland? Cause yeah. I really do think that Rom and, and, and McElroy are going to get boxed out. Yeah. As I, far as who they're playing against. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I agree. But also, you know, if Rory doesn't play well, I don't think they can win, you know? Like, so, you, I don't, you, so you think that Rory has to go positive for them to win? Yeah. I think Rory has to go positive. Rom has to go positive and Hovland has to go positive. Is it because of just how weak the weak the rest of the team is, yeah, or because they need, of just yeah. how weak the rest of the team is? They need they need those three guys. Those three guys need to get at least three points, four points each. Like, and if I'm Luke Donald, I'm telling Rory. Now, Rory's not a hundred percent. We don't know because he was dealing with some shit in August. You know, if you remember. So, I'm depending on what he is there, but I'm going to Rom and Havel, and I'm saying you guys are playing five matches. Yeah. And honestly, that's a pairing to me. That's a pairing to me because that's a power couple right there yeah. where where both of them can exert pressure. And I think that's your best possible strongest pairing. Yeah, you could go you could go top every and go Rory Fleetwood, Hovland Rom, and then just let the other plays play out, you know? Mm-hmm. Or you could go Rory Fleetwood and then split up Hovland Rom and then have like Three strong pairings, you know, and honestly, now, I, I will say this, Aberg, I think Aberg makes an appearance in four ball and is relied upon heavily in that simply because Aberg is kind of, I hate to talk like this, but there's a lot of the European players that are not Europeans. Mm-hmm. They're, they're really just Americans with, with, a, with a flag next to their name. Yeah. Well, he went to Texas Tech, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that tells you all you need to know right there. Yeah. <laughs> and so there are and a he's good a guy number. that can go out there and make birdies. Right. Which there is what are, you need in four ball. What I'm saying with four ball, though, four ball is an American style game. Yeah. It's something that we play at our country clubs for fun when we're just having fun. Averg is, to me, honestly, he's an American. Yeah. I mean, there, there are a lot of guys on that European squad that, have a flag next to their name, but they're, they're not really Europeans. Well, like John Rahm, you know, like he exactly. went to Arizona State, lives over here. Even Rory, you know, like these guys live over here, you know, like yeah. it's not like how it used to be where it was European tour versus PGA tour, you know? Exactly. Hoblin lives in Stillwater. Yeah. Okay. He lives, he lives an hour from me. Yeah. Like he's an American. And I'll be very <laughs> surprised if, if Robert McIntyre plays more than two matches. So, so you think that he plays like Sunday, Sunday obviously, obviously that he plays so. like one, one, other, one, yeah. one alternate shot. Yep. One alternate shot. No, not even. I, I put him out in four ball. Okay. So let's predict players that get shut out. Players that just produce nothing. McIntyre. So you think McIntyre doesn't produce anything like zero. We're talking about zero, like zero. not even a half. Honestly, he's the only guy I think could get shut out. Yeah. So you think that, so you think that Hoygaard. Get get the extra half. Yeah, you know, because I could see, you know, I could see, you know, them putting Hoygaard with one of the veterans out in four ball and just, you know, they're not going to put Hoygaard and Aberg together. That would, you know, you need to at least in four ball, you need to have at least one veteran presence to keep them, you know, because I don't think we're going to see Hoygaard in foursomes. I think you could see, I've heard some rumors that Rory might play with Aberg. Which would be crazy because again, it's, it's, you giving Rory the rookie like you normally do, where I think you should give him a veteran presence. If they're doing that for four ball, I understand that simply because again, Aberg is really an American. Yeah. And that's an American game, but it's just, it's going to be weird, man. Yeah. Hoygaard, Hoygaard, you're correct. He, he really is a true European. He's been playing on the DP world tour. He's pretty much never crossed the pond. Very rarely when he does. I know, I know there, I know there's like, you know, high hopes for Hoy Gar, but I don't know him, you know, too well. Whereas Aberg, I know Aberg's been feeling it. So that's I just, why. I just wish Hoy Gar was not brought up without his brother. Yeah. 
I really wish that Rasmus was, was there also, if they were going to bring him along. Well, in 2025, we'll have the chance to do so. Fingers crossed. Yep. But anyway, to wrap it up, let's just hope that it is a one, two point match on Sunday because, you know, last time in Whistling Straits, it was over going into Sunday. And we don't want that. We want some drama. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like watching the live event this past weekend. You have to have a drama because honestly, that there hasn't been drama in the Ryder Cups lately. You know, like, well, it's, it's not, it's not even about that. It's just, it's not fun to watch. Unless somebody's on a record-setting pace, it's not fun to watch a blowout. Yep. The last time there was drama was Medina in 2012. Yeah. I mean, if there's if there's a hardcore, hardcore blowout, like a oh, oh snap blowout, like watching the NFL this past weekend, I know I know you know which game I'm going to. Yeah, the Dolphins. The Dolphins. And the yeah. Dolphins put up 70. That's fun to watch. Only because it's just like, this is ridiculous. I had three, three of their players on my fantasy team, too. Well, so. then you obviously won this week. Yep. <laughs> but uh, that does it for us we'll be back uh, next week to recap the Ryder Cup uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts Spotify at live at 54 live pod on Twitter Instagram what have you any last words Jake rock chalk Jayhawk have a wonderful day guys enjoy the Ryder Cup guys later <laughs>